0: Armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A R M O I R E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. How many hours a day are your boys in front of screens? Think about it. Cell phone, computer, video games, TV, time at school.
1: It's a lot. And the fascinating part of this, Jen, is that even adults underestimate the amount of time they spend on screens. So you can imagine our kids thinking, oh, I've only been on Fortnite for three hours, mom, and it's really been six.
0: You know, you say Fortnite, and at the moment, I imagine a lot of our listeners are right there going, oh, Fortnite. If you're not familiar with that word yet, you likely do not have tween and teen boys. It is this video game that has captured everybody's attention. It's a battle royale style. Think of like Hunger Games where you, you know, you drop into this virtual world and basically your goal is to be the last guy standing. And not necessarily a guy, you can play as a female avatar also, but you know, that's the gist of it. And it's it's a free game, and they play with their headsets on and they're interacting with their friends. And that's pretty much what my guys have wanted to do for the last couple of weeks here. And- I gotta confess,
1: Jen, I've never heard of Fortnite. See, you're not living with teen and 20 boys not, right now. I'm not. Is this like the, the older version of Minecraft? So that was the big thing for maybe younger, elementary no, age boys.
0: Minecraft too. It's similar in uh, the level of uh, fanaticism and uh, attraction. Previous to this, I think the closest thing maybe was Pokemon Go for a while there, where everybody was playing um, the augmented reality game. But you know, this is the latest thing that's captured everybody's attention. And it has drastically up screen time for a lot of kids just recently, I Mm -hmm. think.
1: So what's happening at your house?
0: You know, you mentioned uh, that we tend to underestimate it and maybe I'm just being realistic. I will tell you for a fact and with all confidence in the world, I probably spend more hours connected than disconnected. And that's partly due to my job. My job is um, I'm a freelance writer. I spend a lot of time on the computer. I spend a lot of time on social media because I work virtually. uh, My friends are um, all around the country. So there's that for me. And I I got some pushback a couple years ago already. I wrote a post saying that um, my kids probably veer closer to like the six to eight hours online, the not statistic. And people were basically calling me a terrible mother. And we can debate that, but mm-hmm. I think I was being very realistic about that.
1: Yeah. That goes back to the underestimation, but I'm fascinated. And, and I know we will do an upcoming podcast strictly on video games, and that's going to be a, an interesting conversation. But Staying more kind of focused on just the idea of screen time and, you know, screens are not going away. We are in the third generation of screens. We have to learn how to live with them, navigate them. Our kids are digital natives. We are, we're, we're kind of those outliers, especially me. I mean, I, I'm remembering when my kids were little and that's 25, 30 years ago Uh, I remember them sitting in front of the TV and, you know, the old style TV, not a flat screen. Mm -hmm. And they were watching Mr. Rogers Yep. and their backs were to me. I was in the kitchen and trying to get their attention. I called and I called and their backs were to me. And I remember just feeling so angry and horrified. And I decided then that, you know what? TV is going to have a very small role in our family life, and we lived in Maine, so they had a lot of outside time. Mm-hmm. TV was not a big influence, but you know we were talking Mister Rogers and Sesame Street, right? And as they grew, they they'll tell me now they are really glad that they they were kind of on the the front of the wave of cell phones and social media Mm -hmm. through high school. So they, they didn't have to navigate all of that. And they are so grateful that they didn't.
0: It is interesting how quickly this has all changed. I've noticed a digital divide between my own children. So, my oldest son is now 20, 20 years old. When he was young and used the computer, that was before you could watch video on your computer. Like, I have this distinct memory of the first time we were like watched a video on the computer, and that was amazing. And now, you know, I've got an eight year old niece and she's got her own YouTube channel. So, this has happened so quickly that I think a lot of us as adults are struggling to keep up. Um, we're struggling to figure out. What's appropriate? What's too much? uh, When is it a problem? And how do you know? One of the things I have found interesting in these years I've been parenting is watching the experts struggling to keep up with this also. When the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with their first guidance regarding screen time, it was uh, basically saying, no, kids, I forget what the cutoff was. I'm pretty sure it was younger than two, no screens, And then there was like a two hour a day limit for older kids. And they revised that recommendation now. And the official American Academy of Pediatrics recommendation currently says for kids younger than 18 months, avoid use of screen media other than video chatting.
1: I thought that was so interesting. I saw that in your notes, Jen. And I was actually on a video chat on FaceTime with my friends. Almost three-year-old son. This Mm -hmm. past weekend, it was fascinating what happened, and and it made me think. You know, what are these kids growing up to perceive? And he had me. He he was he carried me into his bedroom. He wanted to show me a toy, and then he carried me back out into the living room. I mean, here's this, you know, this head that he's carrying around. Yeah. And then he stood at the stereo at the music player. And he wanted me, he was asking me to push the button. Interesting, Isn't that fascinating? Interesting. So we're, we say, you know, oh, it's okay for, you know, go ahead and video chat. But yet in our children's brains who they're just making sense of the world in the past, our ability to make sense of the world was having tangible real-life sensory experiences mm-hmm. and now we're saying oh but it's okay to video chat don't do any of this other stuff but but then it's like it seems kind of so normal to us now but mm-hmm. so quickly as you said this has happened so quickly but what is it what is it doing in those little tiny brains of thinking that he can ask me please turn on this button where he is and I'm two hours away and yeah.
0: Whoa, that was just such a mind game for me. That is really interesting to think about. And yet the flip side, of course, is that this kid two hours away was able to share his life with you in a way that like otherwise you wouldn't have that connection exactly. You know? And I know grandparents who skype with with grandchildren you know, even overseas or military parents who are able to connect with their kids. So there's the upside to it as well. And that's probably why we all struggle with this so much, right? Exactly. It's so, there is,
1: there are so many benefits and I think we have to also really recognize the downside. And part of the struggle is that we as adults are navigating this world our brains are already formed. We've already had our childhood. We've already, you know, gotten our sensory experiences in our brain and our children haven't had that yet. They don't have the foundation of that information, those neural pathways in our brains. And it is so, it's so compelling. It's so addicting. This as we were getting ready to talk about this today, this morning, so I'm thinking more about, you know, my interaction with my phone, especially. And this morning, I just kind of laughed out loud, Jen, because I was getting ready to go out to walk to the store. And I, I said in my mind, is it cold out? And first thing I did was reach for my phone. Are you kidding? I had my shoes on. I was ready to walk out the door. And I had this impulse to pick up my phone to see what the temperature was outside.
0: I call my kids on that all the time. And this is one thing that I think parents can do um, with their children. Like our, our screens are fantastic in a lot of ways. And yes, I could pick it up and tell you the temperature, Right now, not only here, but, you know, in Jamaica and 14 other places I'd rather be. Uh, And my kids are very, very quick to pick up their phones. And I'm constantly like, or you could look out the window. I mean, if you want to know what the weather's doing, you can look out the window right now. You could go outside and see if you need a jacket or don't need a jacket today. They may need some of those reminders just as we need those reminders. But this is
1: the, it speaks to the... Just the insidiousness It's just taking. and, And these phones, our phones are designed by neurobiologists, behavioral specialists to be that thing that we think of first and to be compelling for us. And all those games and every app is designed with that in mind of how can we keep you coming back for more? Because even if Fortnite is a free game, you know they're making money somewhere in that. They make
0: money on in-app purchases. I found this out uh, both from my kids and by reading about it. So I don't really understand how this works, but they get people to pay real money for like fake costumes you can wear in the game that don't even affect your ability to do better in the game and dance moves and stuff. Wow. I'm going to leave it to the boys to figure out why that works for them, but that's what it is. I want to go back to the uh, CDC, not excuse me, AAP recommendations for a minute. So we talked about for kids younger than 18 months. For kids ages two to five, uh, they currently say limit screen use to one hour per day of high quality programs. They encourage parents to you know, watch or use the screen with the child, that whole, you know, that you can talk about what you're seeing and and use it to facilitate real world interaction. You're a parent. I'm a parent. We both know that that doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to sit there for the whole hour with those kids because sometimes you have to switch the laundry load or make some food. Yes, absolutely. The current recommendation for kids ages six and older, I personally really like the vagueness of this. I'm not sure you agree. Place consistent limits on the time spent using media and the types of media and make sure that media does not take the place of adequate sleep, physical activity, and other behaviors essential to health.
1: I'm glad they worded it that way. The thing that I tell parents, especially parents of young children, they will never ask for less media. If you start giving them media at age two to five, by the time they're six, they're not going to say, oh, you know, let's dial this back, parent. I I don't want to watch another show. So start out really, really slow and know that you're not going to be able to back it up from whatever you've introduced.
0: That's really interesting. It's really interesting. You know, I'm going to lay everything on the table right here. And I have a pretty lax policy in terms of screen time. My oldest will complain about that because he distinctly remembers when it was heavily regulated in this house. And I'd forgotten about this, but he told me I had this system where I had taken um, four quarters. And I probably defaced money, which is some kind of felony or something. I I colored on them with markers. (laughs) And I think each quarter represented like 15 minutes of screen time or maybe half hour. I don't remember. If he's listening, he'll probably send us a message and let us know what it was. And you know, you, you got these four things, and when they were used up, they were used up. Well, here's where it got tricky in my household of four children. Do I count the time that a brother is? watching his brother playing video games? Does it only count when you're playing? Or what about if you're watching? Or what about if you're in the room and you're playing with your trucks, but you're kind of watching? So it just became this logistical nightmare. And that's when I started letting go of screen time. My situation is somewhat unique, but I know I'm not the only family in this situation either. I'm divorced, I co-parent, the boys spend time with their dad, they spend time with me. Ultimately, it was their dad that bought them the cell phones. If Anybody who knows divorced family knows sometimes there's conflict there, and this became a point of conflict. And he did not think that I could take away their phones as any kind of consequence because he bought those phones for them. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat and whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk, and Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot easymeltz, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S, dot com forward slash onboys. So at a certain point, my hands were tied. In, in terms of who had what available. When it was just Wi-Fi, I could still control like you know the Wi-Fi password and right. access and all of that. But once they got um, free data, I mean, all bets are off, right? right. They can get yep. whatever they want, whenever they want. That's my circumstance. That's the playground. Those are the cards that I have to play with. So my approach is really to do what I can to role model to help them make some choices. I do watch and try and make sure that they are doing these other things that are also important to them. Ultimately, that's
1: what it's going to come down to is balance and giving media as late as possible. I mean, I think it's fascinating when we look at Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and all the tech founders of this industry, billion, cabillion dollar industry, they a lot of the silicon valley executives send their kids to waldorf schools because there's no tech in school or i think it was bill gates said he did not give his kids smartphones until age 14 and he had parameters at home you know they had screen free dinners and they mm-hmm. you know phones were off by a certain time at night and this is where we have to land because there are circumstances out of our control like your Your Mm -hmm. situation. It's also just being aware and putting down the boundaries, like we have to do with everything else with our kids, and making sure that they also have, in addition to screen time, that they're also getting time outside, that they're Mm -hmm. getting time with their friends. And Mm -hmm. when that balance tips, When they're spending more time with Fortnite or whatever it is, that's when we have to step in and it can tip really easily. And boys are very susceptible to addiction, to video games. They are designed to be addictive when that balance tips, when they don't have healthy hobbies, when they're not paying attention to their friends. And then we have to look at a digital detox.
0: And I do encourage parents to to think big picture. When you're looking at your son's use of screens versus other things, you know, one day is not necessarily a good sample, right? It's like the same thing they tell you um, when you've got a toddler eating. They're probably not going to eat from all the food groups every single day. They may have a day where they eat nothing but saltines for who knows what reason, (laughs) but over the course of a week or a month, it kind of balances out. And Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at screen time versus other activities, time in nature with friends, et cetera, I like to look at it over that broader period of time.
1: But you know, as a parent, you probably have the gut feeling of this is too much. And that's when you need to pay attention and do something
0: one thing i think is so important in this conversation is that we also we can't just come at this as parents and teachers as this is what is best for you because i said so or because the american academy of pediatrics or the cdc or anybody else said so we have to make the effort to see this through our boys eyes and to try and understand what they're getting out of the screen time and in various, you know, interactions and why it's important to them and especially as our kids get older to get their input as to, you know, policies and what's reasonable. Certainly, the parents can have that final authority, but to in, include them in those conversations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Help them put the parameters down too and seeing it through their eyes is really important. I like that you said that and knowing Oh, they love the challenge, and so it begs the question: How many places in their real life, off-screen, yes. do they have places to feel challenged, to have competition, to be able to, you know, apply themselves and and struggle and strive? And so, looking at video games, this is what they give kids. They also give kids story. All of the yep. games are based on. our our mythology, those archetypal types, and where are they getting those stories in real life? Where are they hearing those?
0: You know, I am totally with you on that. I really think that one of the reasons why our boys in particular are so attracted to video games is because they don't get those opportunities to test themselves in the real world. As we have become more risk adverse, The only place they get that kind of freedom to experiment and to feel like a hero and to feel that mastery is in games. And let's face it, as parents, a lot of us, myself included, we've spent a lot of time basically telling our kids to sit down, shut up, and please don't bother us right now. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And games do that. Games do that. I have a blog post that I wrote on that that we'll link in the show notes, but I wrote... Kids are born with an innate need to explore and test boundaries, but we thwart those desires at nearly every turn. Mm -hmm. So if you are really concerned about, you know, your son's screen time, the amount of time he's spending on games, one thing you can try and do is make his real world more exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, say yes to things that maybe you would have said no to. Um, Let him try things, you know, let him do something by himself. Might turn out better than you think. boys need
1: that adventure, need that challenge. And also it's a way, it's an easy way where boys don't have to relate to the real world, to the emotional uh, dialogue that might be going on. It's just easier to check out. And so we have to really pull them back and have those conversations and and engage them.
0: I think it's really important to note that A lot of kids are using screens as part of their socialization also. And that can be a whole nother conversation. Uh, You know, social media etiquette is certainly part of that. What's okay. What's not okay. But even with video games, kids are playing together in real time and talking in real time from different locations. Mm -hmm. So it's it's more complicated sometimes than things look like on the surface for us
1: yeah 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 and again it's the balance and mm-hmm. and i think it goes back to to that idea that we do lose track of time mm-hmm. it's you know we can tell them you know 30 minutes and then you're done well you know we lose track of the 30 minutes they no, certainly aren't going to stop in the 30 minutes you know so yeah. how can you keep track and You know, games come last. Games come after family interaction, after chores, after time outside. Then you play. See, I don't play play it
0: that way at my house. You don't? And I know that that seems like good theory in a lot of ways, but I've learned with my guys anyway, and this is where every family is different, every family's values are different, and you have to do what works for you. When my guys come home, they just need some time. Mm. to do whatever. And lately that has been Fortnite. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like they, and of course they're eating at the same time they're playing (laughs) because they're teenagers and they're hungry all the time. And then eventually they kind of come back and are ready to engage. And Uh sometimes maybe then they're ready to go out. We've had lousy weather yet uh, that will, when it gets better, then they naturally spend more time outside. This is the time of year where they spend more time Doing that. That's what works for me. It won't work for everybody.
1: As the parent, understand what is happening for your kids, the brain development, the all of those pieces that we may not think about. The thing that really caught me a couple years ago was reading, I think it was in The Atlantic and it was an article from a game designer or from a Google somebody in the tech world. Ha- and it was around how they are designed to be addictive and habituate, creating habits around them. So if you have a family history of addiction, 10% of people are predisposed to addiction and that can be anything. But you know, understand that if you have addictive tendencies in your family line, you want to be aware of that. And just have the knowledge of oh okay this is another thing another substance that can be addictive.
0: I'm personally really leery of these uh, using addiction in terms of screens and there's controversy at the worldwide level. There's been it's been proposed to have um, like gaming excessive gaming as an addiction, and at the same time I think there's really good research is like. You know, if you read eight hours a day, nobody says you have a reading addiction. So, you know, I understand that there can be some differences. I definitely do believe that this can veer into trouble territory for some kids. But for a lot of families and parents, I see it kind of turning into this. I learned the term moral panic when I read this book called Moral Combat. And it's about violent video games and why a lot of what you've been told about violent video games isn't true. The lens through which I look at some of this is people freaked out about TV when it came out. And what is this going to do to our youth? And ah, right? We who are adults now that grew up watching TV, we turned out great. So that's fine. That's normal. What you guys are doing over here on your screens, you're not going to turn out okay. I think this is going to shake down over time. We're in this figuring it out part. Right now. And one thing I have noticed, the ubiquity of the small screens, handheld devices and and video games and phones has drastically cut down on TV watching time. Sometimes I wonder if we were to compare the TV watching time of, you know, kids of the, the 70s and 80s with the screen time of kids now, it might not be as different as people think. I still think it's greater. Don't get me wrong. I want to caution parents, like, be on guard, but don't freak out about it. Balance
1: in all things. But I do have to plug in here that it is our TV back then, it was way different than what the hyper arousal and yeah. this, the overstimulation. And they're doing studies of our ability to even discern colors is going down. Our Ability to synthesize sensory detail is going down, so it's kind. It does have a desensitizing effect on us, and again, it's like these are good things to know about, Mm -hmm. so that you're not just you know proceeding blindly. We want to educate ourselves, and absolutely every family is
0: different, and every kid is different. You know, you need to know your child, and I do think. It's important as we have more and more ways to use and interact with our screens that we, as parents and teachers also, we have to differentiate between creating and consuming, right? So you and I are both using screens as we're having this podcast conversation, but I consider this a very productive and creative use of screens. We are able to collaborate and make something really only because this technology exists, right? Yeah. And our kids do this do this too in some ways, whether they're building something in Minecraft or they're creating their own YouTube videos. And I think that kind of using it as a tool kind of counts differently than where you're just sitting there passively consuming entertainment.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And you know, bottom line, this is not going away. Nope. <laughs> and you and I have a whole lot more to talk about this. And and I think our listeners can hear that we definitely differ in opinions around this. And Again I you know my hats off to you you're living the experience you're you you know you're there with your boys I'm and making fortnight. it up as I go. And, <laughs> yeah and I'm reading the books and I'm observing what's going on out there and I'm hearing from parents what their struggles are. Yeah. So again we have this amazing perfect storm of all sorts of different aspects coming in together and I know we will be doing more episodes on this topic.
0: I would love to hear some of our listeners' experiences with screens, uh, with their children. What are some of the things that you've done that you found useful? And what are some of your pain points? You know, What are the questions you still have? I think it'd be great to tackle some of those on a future episode, Janet.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to that,
0: always. So the challenge for me now will be to um, not turn to my phone right away when we stop, end the recording. We need some screen-free time, I think.
1: Okay, go outside. Don't (laughs) check your phone and see what the temperature is. Look out the window.
0: (laughs) Final takeaways from you, Janet? Again,
1: I think it's healthy balance. It's knowing what screens are doing to our brains, educating yourself, and then creating a healthy balance in your home. And that means you modeling it and your kids.
0: And that is where I have been focusing my efforts lately. It is a challenge, but that's why I'm going to try to not pick up my phone right now.
1: Okay. I challenge you. Five minutes.
0: Sounds good. (laughs) Until next time. Loved this episode of On Boys? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Your support is much appreciated and will help other boys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.